Workplace psychological safety is the most pressing need we have today. But do you have the tools to transform a toxic workplace into a psychologically safe one? We have a course for that. It is called From Tormentor to Mentor, Building a Psychologically Safe Workplace. With this self-study three-hour online course, you can equip yourself and your organization to understand workplace bullying and harassment. More importantly, our course shows you how to build a foundation for a safe and healthy workplace using the SWELL principle, safety, well-being, encouragement, and learning. Elimination of bullying will only work if a foundation of psychological workplace safety has been intentionally built and maintained. Go to shiftworkplace.co slash tormentor to mentor to learn more. That's shiftworkplace.co slash tormentor to mentor. Hello, Culture and Leadership Connections podcast listeners. I am really happy to bring to you today Sharina Mayani. Sharina Mayani is a business coach who helps coaches, mentors, consultants, therapists, guides, speakers, entrepreneurs to grow, increase, and activate their mindset, income, sales, and business so they can create great impact and have a positive difference in the world. She's the creator of two complementary business methods. One is a clearing method, which is a cleansing process to remove blockages and increase financial frequencies to believe in yourself, attract abundance, and increase your income. And the second part is a business strategy method called Klakov to develop marketing strategy, influence, income, and sales. And what I love about Sharina's process is that she has the emotional and intuitive part running at the same speed as the financial know your numbers and uh, get your marketing funnel down side. So it's a really nice blend. And I actually found Sharina a number of years ago and she has hands down been the biggest influence in my business. So I feel so honored that she accepted to be on the podcast. Welcome, Sharina. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited that you asked and I'm excited to be here. Now, Sharina has a really interesting ethnic background too, because she's Panamanian of Hindu origin. And uh, so she speaks five languages and she and her husband and their puppy Coco all live in Panama right now. So I'm very excited to dig into all the things about Sharina that I don't know and that you will have the pleasure of discovering along with me. So the first question, Sharina, is tell the audience a little bit about who you are, a little bit of a more personal take. Totally, totally. So my background is Indian. My parents are from India. I was born and brought up in Panama. So something very interesting, one of my reasons for doing what I'm doing now, which is helping women all around the world with their business and mindset, is that my parents were like, Sharina, when you become 18, you're going to get married, have kids, that's going to be your life. And I always wanted to be something more. And through that, the desire of being an entrepreneur was born. And, you know, that's what led that the desire, right? The contrast, the cultural contrast actually led me to break free from my culture and now become this entrepreneur now helping hundreds and thousands of people all around the world. Yeah, you didn't allow the expectations of your parents based on their cultural expectations to confine you. Which was a difficult thing in the moment, but yeah. It's never easy. (laughs) People resist, right? Exactly. They don't like it when you do something that they didn't expect. Especially when you come from a very tight culture. Like I grew up, even though I was living in Panama, I grew up with my family, my uncles, my aunts, and that's it. Like in my family, my parents, like all the men in the family were entrepreneurs, but no woman used to work. Like my aunts, my cousins, my mom, no work, my grandmas, nothing, right? So it was like, even the thought of like a woman working, uh, let alone start a business, it was like, what? Oh my God, no, no, no. You're supposed to get married and have lots of kids and 
cook a lot of Indian yummy food. <laughs> <laughs> you probably can also cook Indian yummy food. As you know, you know. <laughs> what? Actually, not yet. I'm good at ordering it, actually, but not cooking it. <laughs> well, good. Someone's got to support the restaurants. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what I say. <laughs> so, can you share a couple of incidents from your childhood that you believe made you into the person you are today? Totally. So I would never forget this incident. Um, when I was nine years old, I was sitting in the dinner table with my mom, my dad. My mom was to my right. My dad was in front of me. And at that moment, I was watching a lot of, I think, as every nine-year-old child, right, watched a lot of Disney movies where the princess meets the prince and is happily ever, you know, the happily ever after kind of ending. And I remember telling my dad, like, yeah, like, I want to do this and that. And he's like, Sharina, you got to stop. Stop dreaming. And I'm like, stop dreaming and he's like yeah today you got to listen to me i'm your father tomorrow we're gonna marry you and you got to listen and you know take orders from your husband and that incident like really really changed me because that incident really made me realize wow i don't want to be the princess in the movie with the prince like I actually want to make my own movie mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And that was really a powerful moment in my life that I will never forget. Because in that moment when he said that, I thought he was joking. I looked at my right to my mother and she just put her head down. And I was like, whoa. Like she didn't, you know, instead of saying like, Sharina, he's joking. Don't worry. All is good. It wasn't a joke. And I was like, whoa, maybe I don't want this fairy tale, you know, Aladdin, Disney movie. Like, no, like I want to build my own thing. I want to do my own thing. I want to do something different. And that incident really made me who I am today, the independent, freedom-based woman I am today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great story. What about when you were a little bit older, when you were a teenager or a young adult? What stands out for you? So I remember again, when I was like 16, I wanted to go to a party, like every 16-year-old girl wants to go to. And my dad, again, all these stories have to do with my dad, because he was the one who really, he was, very, he was a very strict person. And I was like, yeah, I want to go. And he's like, no, like, as long as you live under my roof, you're not going anywhere. And that was the moment actually that I decided to be an entrepreneur because in that moment I was like, okay, if I live under your roof, that means if I live in my own roof, I can do whatever I want. And I remember going to Google and being like, what's the fastest way to make money? Because obviously I was like, okay, if I live in my own roof, I got to make money. What's the fastest way to do that? And Google led me to being an entrepreneur. I was like, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, start your own business. And that was the moment I decided to start my own business. This was what, like 12 years ago? No. Yeah, 14 years ago. You've been quite the success from once you decided to do something, I think you move forward into it pretty quickly. Yeah. But those groups that you were born into, they still influenced who you are. So even though you've made a lot of personal choices that led you down a different path, your family, the Indian culture, Hinduism, all of those things would have had some kind of an influence on you and your neighborhood in Panama, you know, the schools that you went to, all of those things. So what groups would you say have influenced your sense of culture and self? You know what? I would say the spiritual part, like the spiritual part of Hinduism. Like it's very, like I'm a very spiritual person in a sense, right? Like, and you know this, you and I have worked together for quite a few years. Like I'm all about, like even in my business, even though I'm a business coach and mentor, I'm all about the energy, mindset, and spirituality behind everything. And I feel like because of being in a culture that is very high on spirituality, you know, many believes like, for example, karma, you know, for Hindus, karma is a big deal. Like what you reap is what you sow, like all of that. Like what, what are you doing? With what intention? And it's interesting because today my business is based on that. Like, what am I doing? What karma am I creating? You know, 
um, it all came from that. Yeah, because Hinduism is very open in its just really targeting the spiritual and not making any excuses about it. I feel like Hinduism has a beautiful spirituality. I'm not so in alignment with the religion because there's a lot of it where there's a lot of control. And that's the part that I rebelled against, you could say. But the spirituality, like the, the basis of everything is, is amazing. It's beautiful. And now when I like study quantum physics and all of that stuff, like string theory and a lot of like now scientific uh, theories that have come out, it's amazing because many of these theories, science and, and you know, fact-based, because I love studying the science behind everything, not like, oh, it's because you think that's why. I like to understand why. Like I, when I was young, I was like, I want to be a scientist. That was actually one of my hidden agendas or, or hidden desires, which is interesting. But now that I look into science, it's like all the spirituality that I was taught as I grew up, science now proves it, which I think is so amazing. Well, the spirit of science and yeah. the spirit of religion are the same. Yeah. And it's just over time that religion starts to adopt things that serve certain people and not other people and move away from its spiritual roots that it misses out on that. But when you discover something in science and you discover something in spirituality, it's frequently the same thing. I had a really interesting experience a number of years ago where I talked to one of the world's top physicists who's in Taiwan. He said that he'd just come back from this conference, you know, the top 20 physicists in the world conference. And they were trying to figure out what is the power that keeps all the planets and the stars in orbit and in the solar system without crashing into each other. And what is it? And they spent an entire week talking about what that could be from a physics standpoint, doing a lot of mathematical formulas. And at the end, they came to the conclusion that the force is love. Wow. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that type of stuff. I love it. Yeah. So they have mathematical formulas to explain the power of love that keeps the planets in orbit around our sun and all of the different galaxies from crashing into each other. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Like, totally. Think of it, like in yeah. the grand scheme of things, like love, like seriously, like wow. So what about groups that you have chosen to belong to? Like, I don't think you married someone from the same culture, did you? No, <laughs> no, I didn't. How did that go over with your family? That I think could be a whole episode, actually, <laughs> to be honest. That didn't go as well. I chose to marry someone who actually is Catholic. The interesting part of it is that he's not like a practitioner Catholic. Like he's very in alignment with my beliefs in terms of the science, love attraction, things like that. I met him actually through us in a seminar of social media. And we both became best friends. Like we were best, best friends because of our love of personal development and leadership. Like both of us were like, we want to be better leaders. How can we get better? And we used to like read uh, Kiyosaki and like business and like Tony Robbins and all that type of stuff. And like we became best friends. And I, I knew I, I couldn't fall in love with him because I was like, he's not Indian. You know, my parents said they would choose the guy for me, right? And that was another, that's another story because at the end of the day, what I realized was like that I liked this man in front of me. Like he was my friend, yes, but I felt more for him. So yeah, they weren't very excited about the whole idea. It was a process. And I think it's a very, it was a very interesting process because it's like now I look at it and I have a lot of compassion for my parents because it's like they were born in this small little city in India where all they knew was arranged marriage. Like they got, they knew each other only a week. Mm -hmm. Only one week and they got married. That was the normal. That's what they saw in the movies. That's what their friends did. That's what their cousins did. That's all they knew. They come to this foreign country 
And they try not to make friends with other people who do different things because they're like, no, that's not the correct way. So obviously for them, it was, it was a shock. Um, it took a few years, honestly. And I feel like what really shifted them was my own personal development. Actually, it was a leadership training. I did a leadership training in San Diego. And one of the things that I was working on was really being myself and being like authentic in all my ways, in my expression and everything. And in an acceptance of who I am. And in that process, like my parents kind of turned around in the leadership that I started showing. Because they started to, like seeing me, they're like, wait, you are really serious about this guy. Like you have actually thought things through. And I'm like, yeah. Because you know, things around, oh my God, when you guys have a baby, like is the baby going to be Hindu? Is the baby going to be Catholic? How are you guys going to, you know, different beliefs? You guys are coming from different backgrounds. How are you guys going to manage certain things? And you know, we had, talked about a lot of that stuff we actually did a lot of counseling because you know that was something that I was like I want to I want to be aware of what we're getting into and being the woman I am today I want to do the research like it's awesome to feel it and be like my intuition says yes let's fall in love but also the strategic part of me which I know you know very well is like wait let's look at the numbers you know <laughs> we actually do this you are 12 years older than me he's actually 12 years older than me right so like it was like I had to look at all of these aspects Like you actually come like you're really indoctrinated in the Catholic culture. He was in the church day and night. And I wanted to make sure that we thought things through around our kids, our future kids, all of that. Right. And when my parents saw my leadership in that and they were like, wow, like you actually have thought things through, like you're serious about this. They shifted. It was a process, it, but it was all about being the influence where they were like, you know what, we'll support you. And since the day they said that, like six months after we got married and we had this big, beautiful Catholic and Indian wedding, it was like a seven day ceremony, like every day with rituals and things like that, because the Indian wedding is a, quite long. I don't know if you're familiar. Are you familiar? I am. I am. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's the longest weddings ever. <laughs> exactly. So can you imagine that plus like the legal wedding plus the Catholic wedding? Like, so yeah, it was it's like you were really thoroughly married, you two. <laughs> Exactly. Like you gotta be really sure, you know. I had to be really, really sure. Um, and yeah, that was that's that was actually two years ago. So we actually just was were celebrating yesterday with my parents, which is so interesting. Our anniversary, our two year anniversary with my parents and his mom. So you know, I think it's very interesting what you just said about how when you really became clear in your mind about you loved each other, what you loved about each other, how you were going to work things out with your children, you thought it through your lives, how you're going to blend your lives together. You were really clear about it. Your parents saw it and that clarity was reassuring for them. Exactly. And I think when parents are not reassured, it's because they think people are heading off a cliff. They haven't thought it out. But because you did think it through and you were strategic about it and you were willing to be patient through that process of having them get on board instead of just going and doing your own thing and having them feel hurt from it. I think that's really lovely the way that you explained it. It was challenging, right? Because it was like really working with someone, different mindset, different culture. It was something that was so like impossible in their minds. Everything's possible when you do the leadership work, when you do that inner work. And I feel the strategic work because as you mentioned, when you introduced me, like I'm a big believer in both, in mixing both. Like you can have the perfect strategy. But if you're not in alignment, which you know very well, it's like, what's the point? Like if you are vibrating at 10K a month and you're creating a strategy to make 40, $50,000 a month, it's like, 
there's a mismatch. So, and not only in business and everything and everything. I really like that about you, the way you combine all aspects of what you need to do to have a holistic and solid approach to things. And I'm wondering if that's something that you were born with. Is that part of your temperament, do you think? You know what? I, it's something I've been researching myself a lot because I'm like a very curious, curious person. I think, yes, I feel like part of it was developed in my early, early childhood, like adulthood. The way I think is very strategic. It's something that when someone tells me a business idea, like, for example, someone shares like, oh, I have this idea. Like I can there and there say like, hey, have you thought about this? this what about this? And, and like find the holes in the plan. It's not something I studied, even though I, my degree is in business and I've done a lot of business trainings. So funny, but I would say intuitive, even though it's strategic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, a temperament of being intuitive and strategic at the same time seems to be what you were born with. And then your personality, you just built onto what you had and then moved from there to address challenges, right? Exactly. So what's changed in your personality or just grown from what you started out with? I feel like before I was very like, okay, let's do it. Go, 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 go. And now it's like I let things boil. And when they're boiling, perfect, it's ready versus forcing the boil, if that makes sense. I think like now uh, I'm still very young, like I'm still 30. I think something that that these years, like these 16 years of entrepreneurship and in this industry and personal development has taught me and leadership trainings have taught me is wisdom. And I feel like now it's like, wait, I wait more versus being very impulsive. And that's something I was very impulsive. Like, and that was something I think my parents were like, wait, you're, you're a very impulsive person. Is this something you really, really want to do? You know, and they had their reason. So now it's like, let me wait. Let me feel into, let me, let me make sure. Like, you know when I made the transition from all English when you and I met to now doing all my business in Spanish, it was like, wait, I'm not just randomly do it. Let me, let me feel into it. Let me, let me do the strategy. Let me look at the numbers. Let the water boil and allow the heat to come on, you know? And I also like that you're willing to let your business evolve into areas that seem to be promising as you notice them, you know, yeah. simmering and getting hotter. So you were noticing your Spanish market was just getting bigger all the time. And the Spanish market is, they're much more comfortable speaking Spanish than they are English. So if you want them to do well in their businesses, they're going to need to explain themselves in Spanish. Yeah. And so then I think you moved from a more international population to a more local population, but I may be wrong about that. Maybe it was just more of a language-based population. Really, it's a language-based because most of my clients are still a lot from the States. Like they're Latinas that prefer learning in Spanish, like as you said. Mm -hmm. And most of my clients are actually from the USA, Mexico, and then like Panama because I'm here, and then Spain. And now with COVID, yeah, I was doing a lot of like events. And now obviously since last year, 2020, we went again, everything online. So yeah, it can be from anywhere. Well, yeah. And you, the way you set your business up, you already had both the local and international, you had virtual and you had live events. So that way you can shift, which is really good. And you made this conscious decision to be serving women rather than to serve women and men. Can you talk a little bit about that? Totally. More than a conscious decision, it was more out of a space of like, I know women because I am one. And that's really where it came from. And in terms of marketing, it was kind of also a marketing strategy because it was like, either I talk to the women or either I talk to the men. Because when I started understanding and learning about psychology, the way you talk to a man and a woman is totally different. And doing business as a woman or a man is, is a little bit different. There's a, there's a few differences, especially, for example, women, we are 
emotional, we have cycles, we have different energies. So there's a lot of like, we have more roles than men, right? So it came out of that space and came out of a space of like, I noticed my energy worked better with women than men. Like I'm a very, I wouldn't say controlling, but I can be a very dominant personality. And that works great in business because I'm a great leader in business. It's like, let's do, I can hold the energy. There was one time I gave myself the opportunity to explore working with a man, but our energies were clashing, right? Our energies were clashing. And I realized like that my energy just works better with women in terms of energy. So that's really it. And also because I understand when they say things, I'm like, okay, I understand that. Yeah. And I think quite a few men are still really threatened by very successful women who express themselves clearly and don't have trouble sharing their opinions. And you don't have that tension if you're not working with men. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So can you think about a time when you were aware that your understanding of the world was specific to your culture and not just normal? You've already mentioned a few, like you said, you grew up in this really tight knit Indian family bubble in the middle of Panama. And there must have been some senses there when you went, whoa, what what we do and what other families do is not the same. And this certainly you noticed that in entrepreneurship. But can you think of some specific examples of a time when you felt you were in the middle of experiencing a culture difference or culture clash of some sort? Yes. In university, actually, I went to university here in Panama, even though it was a university from the United States, but they had like one of the branches, you could say, here in Panama. It was very interesting because most of my classmates were Panamanian and the Panamanian culture is very different to what the culture is in America. And I remember in summer, we used to have a lot of Americans come, like a lot of Americans. Like I remember the classroom was like, you know, usually people like similar to me, but although I'm not Panamanian, but like, like similar skin color and hair color and things like that. And then suddenly it was like blondes and like white and blue eyes, like seeing blue eye is not as common or like really, really dark skin. You could see that, right? I remember once, um, like, for example, something so simple as homework. Like, Panamanian culture is very, like, we leave things for very, very, very last minute. Or we don't do it. Or we just don't do them, right? Like, Panamanian culture. And I used to see, like, these people, like, the Americans come and very, taking things very seriously. Like, you know, it was like, they had to get, they wanted to get this point because of this, of the scholarship or whatever. And I was like, wow, like, it was very interesting to see how, the Panamanian culture compared to the American culture was ve- w- way more laid back and way more last minute based. Like even with their money, they were not thinking like what they're going to do after college. But when I used to talk to people coming from America, Maryland, actually, they were coming from, yeah, like cause after college, I'm going to get a job. And it was still like two, three years to graduate. Right. That was something very interesting. I noticed. Hmm. That's a good example. People often notice differences when they're in college or university. They have a lot of different shifts um, where they become aware of people in ways that they weren't before. So that's a great example. So we're reaching the end of the interview. And uh, if you were to, and you do this all the time because you're selling your programs to people and your services, what would you tell them about what's the best way to work with Sharina? Totally. The best way I think right now would be to contact me. Um, I think directly contact me and see where you're at and to see what I, you know, what, what is there available to support you. If you're a Spanish speaker, I have a lot of courses and programs. If you're English speakers, what we're doing now is that we offer agency services. 
and we offer like one-on-one consulting and mentoring. Yeah. And that was actually my next question was to ask you to talk a little bit about your services and products that you offer. But I'm sort of more interested in a little bit about working with you. Just maybe give you something that I was thinking of with you. And that is that you like people to commit. Mm -hmm. You don't want to work with someone who's going to be sort of half in, half out. It's like you make up your mind, commit to it, and then stick with the program until you're done. (laughs) I think that would be true. Did I get that right? Yeah. Commitment is important, especially in business, right? Because people who want results in one week, it's like it takes time sometimes. So committing to a container, like a long-term container, six months, 12 months, things like that, gives that space for the results and things like that. That's one of the reasons because I work business. Right. The coaching we do is business. Yeah. And other things that might be specific to you that other women-oriented business owners might not do because they do things their way. What? Let's think of one or two more that were specific to Sharina, that it's important to know this if you're going to work with Sharina. Totally. One thing is I love long-term. It's not that I only have long-term. I do have some short-term containers as well as you transition to long-term. Another thing is that in all my programs, if you were to work with me privately or as an agency or in our courses and programs, like in everything, I include a lot of like energy clearing work. The emotional work because many people come to me like oh just teach me the strategy sharina but you will never find a program that has a mind that just is strategy everything includes mindset energy and strategy because what i've found out is that what's the point of strategy if you're not in alignment that's why one of my, one of the things i see in my programs women who actually go through it and do it get amazing results so that's something also really important like if you were to work with me in any container like willing to do the emotional clearing energy work and being open to it, I feel is going to be key. Yes, I agree. So people have to be open to do both. Yes, because everything includes both because that's part of getting you the results. Exactly. And willing to be challenged, I think too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're encouraging, but you're also challenging. Exactly. I remember in what you were the way you were speaking to one of the women and you said, listen, I'm not going to put up with you saying these old stories with you anymore. You're going on, a, <laughs> on yeah. an affirmations diet and you're going to have to do this for these, this many days. And are you up for the challenge? And uh, she was like shocked. And everybody's thinking, yep, that's what she should be doing. <laughs> and you just, yeah, we don't- you nailed it, right? And she knew she had to do that. And, and so she just committed, right? She did. She decided to do it. And it made a huge difference in her business. Yeah. So just a little chance for you to plug something you're particularly interested in promoting right now. And, uh, and if you want to do that in Spanish, you can too. Well, right now, nothing specific. I think right now, just a message, which is, I think it's so important to do both work in whatever you're doing in life, business, work, anything like doing that inner work and doing the strategy outer work is so key. Like I gave you the example of my relationship, my marriage, my business. And that's just like a message I want to share. Like for anybody listening, are you doing both? And notice, notice where maybe you're full on focused on the energy, mindset, alignment, leadership, but you're not looking at the numbers. You're not looking at the tangible pieces, right? The strategic pieces. So looking at that balance and seeing where maybe you got to put more energy attention to and, and doing it, balancing it off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you'd like to say? I think that would be the main thing. Yeah, I meant just anything else you'd like to say just generally about um, the idea of culture and leadership influences in oh. your business. I feel, yeah, totally. I think this is such a beautiful conversation and beautiful topic because I feel like we are in a, in a, we're living in a world 
where there's so many cultures, right? So much, so many things going on and so many di- even d- different leadership roles and styles. So I think something that is also very important is like being very mindful, you know, that when you asked me like, which, which, you know, group did you purposely get into, you know, consciously choose. I think it's so important to consciously be choosing who are we being influenced by? Which group are we being influenced by? Culture, are we really being open-minded or are we closed in the way because our mom did something? I will never forget a story that one of my, my mentors taught me where it was like one of the girls was, she used to cook chicken in like this tray, but she used to always cut the two ends of the chicken. And then our, the daughter of that person asked her like, mom, why are you doing it this way? No, my, my mom did it that way. And then the daughter went to her grandmother and said, why do you cut the chicken like that? Why do you bake? It doesn't make sense. The grandma was like, my mom did it that way. So the, the daughter went to her great grandma, which thankfully was alive. And she said, why did you, why did you cook it that way? Because your daughter and then your granddaughter is doing it that way. And I, I want to understand why. And she's like, honestly, I have no idea why I did it that way because the chicken didn't fit and I had to cut it so it could fit. So I think there's so many things in our life that we do just because someone else did it without seeing the logic. And I love this story, right? Because it's like, why are we doing it? You know, and it could be something so silly like, no, I cut it because there was no space. Your mom, like in, in the grand, the great grandmother was telling the, the, her, like, you know what? Like your mom, your grandma are crazy. They're, they're not thinking. Like, I don't know. They're just copying me. They're not really thinking. <laughs> I it's, thought that was so powerful. Yeah. It's like there's question the things that you're doing. Exactly. And question traditions because they maybe aren't even traditions. Like what that was just a question of a pot being too small. Exactly. That's all it was. It wasn't a tradition. Mostly what people think traditions are is what their generation did before Mm -hmm. them. And it isn't even a tradition. I have a similar story with my mother-in-law when she was still alive. She was saying, I really wish my mother-in-law is French from France. And mm-hmm. she said, I really wish people would give, you know, proper French names to their children instead of these names that they're giving them these days. And I said, well, like, what, what, what proper French names? So she said the names of her children, right, which mm-hmm. were the names that, that she'd given to them, Roger, Monique, Michelle, um, Paul. She thought those were proper French names. And I said, well, what were the names of your brothers and sisters? So she named them. And then I said, what were the names of the, their grandparents? And it's like, Zebediah. I was like, there was just like, <laughs> I said, it looks like your proper French name was just the names you chose for your kids. And she just turned kind of red in the face and went, I guess. <laughs> wow. I love it. That's so true, though. It's so true. Like something as simple as that. I love that example. Yeah, it's about asking questions until you get to what the answer is, which I think you're very good at, Sharina. I think that's uh, what makes you a good coach, right? I've been trained to ask a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah. But you're naturally curious, too. Yeah, that helps a lot. Well, I'd like to thank you very much for this time that you spent, and I am appreciative. I think that it's going to be a great benefit to the Culture and Leadership Connections podcast listeners who will enjoy very much what you had to say. So thank you so much, Sharina. Thank you so much. Sharina Mayani is an accomplished businesswoman who at a young age decided to strike out on her own, follow her heart, and build her dreams with solid financial acumen. In the process, she had to stand up to limiting cultural expectations without burning bridges. Sharina is a living example of how the riches are in the niches since she specialized in helping women business owners and then Spanish-speaking women entrepreneurs through her unique program of emotional clearing with Money Flow Mastery. 
As a female business owner, I personally benefited from Sharina's programs and coaching. She is completely encouraging and supportive while fiercely holding your feet to the fire of accountability. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. You can follow the podcast on followthepodcast.com slash culture and leadership and rate it on lovethepodcast.com slash culture and leadership or go to our Patreon site where you can become a member and benefit from member perks. Thank you so much for listening and may culture and leadership connections continue to guide and inspire your day. This podcast would not be possible without the expertise of our Culture and Leadership Connections production team. A big thank you and shout out to Mike Kurlander for audio production and editing. To Malvika Kathpal for the show notes. Bernadette Guadiz for online web and social media management and promotions. Celine Bayogo for design. And Kirsten Hoyer for website and branding. Thank you so much. Hey, Culture and Leadership Connections podcast listeners. I have three great ways you can show your love for a fabulous podcast. Number one, followthepodcast.com slash culture and leadership. This link lets you follow our podcast instantly on any directory you choose. Number two, lovethepodcast.com slash culture and leadership. This link lets you rate and review the podcast with two clicks. Number three, patreon.com slash culture and leadership connections. This is a link for serious fans who want to get in on some bonus content. We have cross-cutting themes, a monthly discussion on Discord, extra podcasts, guest video interviews, and inside scoop videos with team members. I know you'll love it. And you can help us continue to create our stellar shows with a tiny monthly subscription at the same time. So if you aren't following, go to followthepodcast.com slash culture and leadership. If you're already following, Go to lovethepodcast.com slash culture and leadership. And if you've already rated and you're still following and you still love it and you're a big fan, go to patreon.com slash culture and leadership connections. Thank you in advance for being a fan and for helping support creative, honest, and authentic podcast productions.